Welcome to the Main Side Hustle Podcast with Dre and Alicia. The business and lifestyle podcast for those holding down a nine to five and working that side hustle. If you like what you hear, tap in with us. Subscribe, leave a comment, and give us that five-star rating. In this episode, we talked to Jarrell Genius, the owner of Meridian Financial Management out of Little Rock, Arkansas. He gives a lot of free game on structuring your business properly, making sure you're getting all your tax benefits to make sure you secure the bag. Welcome to another episode of the Main Side Hustle Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dre. And I'm Alicia. And today we have another awesome guest with us. Um, me and his me and this guy go way back. Uh Mr. Jarrell Genius. Um, I don't want to, what do I what do I call you? Founder, owner. I know you're the CFO, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say uh, uh I say co-owner, both me and my me and my wife own the business. Man, that's probably the best taught. Yeah, co-owner yeah, yeah. with co-owner, your wife. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> so co-owner of Meridian Financial Management based mm-hmm. out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, Jarrell is, you know, Memphis native though. So um, definitely glad to have you, man. Thank you for coming on. Man, thank you for having me, man. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's just jump right in, man. Um, okay. Give us a little bit about your background, you know, coming up in Memphis and kind of how you got um into the into the space the financial accounting type space that you're yeah in. yeah yeah uh man i'll probably man this could this could probably be the whole the entire you know episode just <laughs> just this little section but but making a, a, a tiny a, a large thing kind of small actually man i was way more probably liberal arts writing art literature i mean before getting in finance, you know what I mean? I was an English major. I was one of the, you know, the freshman, sophomore dudes in the uh, in the literature groups and, and writing, that sort of thing. Uh, and met a girl at the library that I just thought was a regular college student. And she was, but she was also a senior financial analyst her junior year in college. You know, so she 19, 20 years old and is helping managing portfolios for pension funds and like the state of Florida. Basically, she had an internship that turned into a full-time position. Wow. And so here I am, my background, I mean, my background was so far from finance in my mind, in my head. Uh, And one day I go pick her up from work and this guy just sitting in the break room and we just kind of just randomly talking about just, you know, a little Nike stock this and, and, you know, what did I think about this? And we're going back and forth. And, man, we ended up, I ended up talking to this guy for probably like an hour and a half, almost two hours. And, uh, you know, I pick her up, we leave, and she's talking about, you know, this guy being the boss and him managing a bond fund, you know, several hundred millions of dollars. Wow. Uh, and, you know, kind of having these discussions where she felt like I just innately got it. You know, not having at the time, I hadn't even sat in a finance class, you know, and she's like, uh, you understand this stuff. You just kind of get it. Uh, And so she was kind of, you know, pushing. You should check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Uh, I met this guy, good young brother, actually, uh, Amar Kiel, him and his brother Bilal. They uh, they had a finance firm, two young guys. Uh, I knew very, very, very little. But they were like, man, you know, if you go take these classes, read these books, you know, it'll take a little while. It's kind of hard, but man, you'll be able to get licensed. Uh, financial information kind of always came a little easy to me. And so I just grabbed the books, man, study, set the date for the class, showed up, passed, and that was it, man. And the rest was history. Man. Uh, Dove in uh, full steam, man, from like two because I was still in college. Uh, I was I was one of those college students that was, man, struggling one week, got a job the next week doing sales pitches after that. You know, and then I had like a two thousand dollar week and I'm like, you know, goodness gracious, this is you possible. Rich. Yeah, 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 I'm rich. Yeah, you you know what I mean? Now that next month I might have made seven hundred dollars. <laughs> right, right. But but it was that kind of like, man, I didn't that this is possible. 
You know what I mean? Uh, and then skipping ahead, got involved in commercial real estate from the financing end, uh, got involved in that, got involved in banking. Next thing you know, it's, it's commercial finance or bust. And then 2008, 2009 hit and it was bust. Uh, So it was one of those, man, putting everything into a deal. The bank coming back to you saying, you know, hey, LTVs have changed a little bit. And and that 400,000 you thought you were going to be able to get, we're only going to be able to give you 300,000. So if you could come up with the other 100,000, you could do this deal. And, you know, I didn't have 100,000 just sitting around. Uh, so while everybody else, while everything else was kind of collapsing and, and everybody was losing money, I was right there with them losing money. Right, uh, right. And then on, on top of that, the bank that I was with was done. Uh, they were over the lending partners that I was working with for the last like seven, eight years. They were done. Man, they were out there looking for jobs just like I was. Wow. Uh, and so went back to school and man, dove into teaching math. Full time. I loved kids and I loved teaching math. My mom was a teacher. And so, man, any little off time I had after school or after college in between classes, I go help our students out, help a class out. Uh, and so that was one of those things that was already in the back of my mind. Uh, when the banking system just completely collapsed, went back to school, got a job uh, teaching math. Man, I did that for maybe six years. Maybe now, where, five were, six. where were you doing this? Where when you when you this was in Virginia? Uh, yeah, I, I moved from yeah, yeah. I moved from Memphis. Maybe I can barely remember now, but it might have been two thousand nine, two thousand right, right around that same time. Because really, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, this is just a temporary thing. Right. This bank shut down. I found another position. Moved to Virginia. Boom! I'm getting that it. Six months later, they closed that bank down too. You know, <laughs> Dang. it's yeah. funny now. It was crazy. Funny I know it was not funny. But yeah, yeah, it's funny now. But yeah, man, uh, taught uh, math and man started getting into kind of business math and business algebra and doing consultations because I had all I mean, from from doing the commercial finance stuff and kind of uh, dealing with valuations and, and net profit numbers and kind of giving uh, investors kind of ideas about what their profit numbers would look like, you know, in three years, five years, seven years, that sort of thing. I was already doing the analysis. I was just wasn't getting paid for it. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. I was doing that kind of part for free. Uh, and then after teaching for a little while, I started having individuals that I worked with in the past reach out to me, you know, like, hey, we're looking at these deals. What do you think? We're looking at buying this business. What do you think? Uh, and man, next thing you know, uh, I start getting clients kind of in that got this deal I'm working on. Can you help me with funding? Got this. I'm, I'm looking at this property. Does this make sense? Run the numbers for me. Uh, looking at buying this business. Here are my numbers. Does that make sense for me? And next thing you know, I was kind of really kind of losing money teaching. It was getting so you to were the point doing, where. So you were teaching and doing all this stuff on the side at this time. Yeah. Yeah. I was okay. teaching and doing this on the side, man. And then, uh, my wife came to me. She was, as far as finance and account, man, she was far ahead of, of where I was. You know what I mean? I was I was teaching math and algebra every day and a little intro to stats and doing some business consulting on the side. And she was a controller for a retirement community center. So she was dealing with. Yeah, she was deep in the yeah, finance yeah, space. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a yeah. whole nother thing. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the issue for her was having that corporate finance and accounting background. So if you're dealing with hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, she got answers for you like this. But for entrepreneurs, it's a little different. They kind of day in and day out. One, you're not dealing with nowhere near that much money. And so when you're looking at kind of making those decisions, it's do I pull money out of my business now or do I continue to invest and kind of have it grow? And so my experience was much more dealing with individuals on they're managing their business a little bit smaller. She was dealing much larger. I mean, when she left her job, because, man, we just kind of dove in. Our our main hustle 
was, you know, the W-2. Our side hustle was individual clients and kind of bringing retainer clients on. Uh, and we just did our own, looked at our own numbers and said, you know, I'm, I, I am losing money, still working, really. And then yeah, she kind of yeah. had the opportunity where she was able, because she, she was a controller. She kind of had a, a, she was an account manager of a team. She may have had like seven or eight different accountants under her. And then we had the opportunity to buy like a small little family accounting firm. Uh, they mostly specialized in nonprofits, churches, and then individual small business tax returns. Uh, and so that was, it was a time, the church and nonprofit work was on one part, kind of what we dealt with in dealing with financing and her kind of helping them with startup. Uh, the individual tax stuff was kind of brand new to a degree. Uh, we had dealt with taxes. We had dealt with taxes more so. We were a little different in that we had done more work with small businesses than we had with individuals. Individuals, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I sat down with somebody that was an LLC and they had $70,000 worth of profit, my mind is kind of already going through, let's do some compensation planning, Let's look at, at where your expenses, let's look at what you're doing for your deductibles. Let's look at kind of how we're dealing with pulling money out of the business. Maybe we need to look at the entity. Maybe it's something that you need to be maybe a corporation and just take a W-2 salary. Maybe we need to look at being an S-Corp to minimize self-employment tax, those sorts of things. So you're but when somebody came that. in and they were an individual, it was that was almost kind of a brand new thing. So that was a, a bit of a, a learning dynamic for us. Uh, so that, so that, yeah, let me jump in that. So that is, um, that's interesting that you're doing that type of consulting with a smaller business to kind of help them more strategically set up, you know, how their company is, mm -hmm. I guess, from a tech standpoint, how they set it exactly. up and whether or not they give themselves, you know, mm -hmm. an employee salary and things like that. Let me, let me back up a little bit because I caught this while you were, we're going through that. Yeah. You said at one point you were losing money when you were still teaching. Yeah. So yeah. when you, when you say that, do you mean that you did kind of an analysis on your, on you guys' own yeah, yeah. Like side deal and say, mm -hmm. if I was spending more time focusing on exactly. this, we could, we could stand to make this amount versus exactly. me still teach. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was having uh I had a, a, a principal that asked me to put together like a little financial, kind of like a financial intelligence for kids. Cause I was doing it in my own class for my own math class. But it was, it was one of those things that I was one of those teachers, man. I fully believe that almost anybody can learn math, especially just, you know, algebra money math. Everybody can learn that if it's taught in context, it's tough to learn it outside of context, though. It's tough to learn it when you just grab 12 and 13-year-olds and you just throw numbers on a board. Right. We're just, yeah. like, solving. But if you take them and it's more so, like, you know, okay, we got $100. We're, we're going, which one are we going, we got two companies. Which one are we going to put our money in? And we're just looking at it solely from the standpoint, first, our goal is just to make as much as we can. Then we come take a look at it. Second, our goal is to not lose money. And so once you kind of show them, based on the math that they're already doing every single day, they already do chart analysis. They already do uh, solving for unknown numbers. They already do regression. A lot of this stuff they're doing, even sixth graders, oftentimes it's not connected because we're not telling them what it is. They just know. I'm solving for X or Y. Numbers, and right. Yeah. They right. don't actually understand that. The you, real world application. These things, exactly. We can plug these things in. And that's just kind of basic level analysis. Uh, and right. so I was doing it with my own class. My principal asked me to do something for, to kind of put it on paper so the, some of the other students, other teachers could use it. That was a bit of a thing because really they didn't want to do it. Uh, oh, but <laughs> so I kind of ended up doing it. And then it was it was something that we all kind of did together. Uh, but man, from that, we had a night, we had parents come in and man, we had, I couldn't tell you the number of individuals that were, you know, they own a trucking company. 
could could this be something that you know could be done for them? They kind of sitting back and determining or trying to determine would it make sense to hire this trucker as an employee to have them be a 1099? Which one? I don't know. I don't know from a number standpoint. I don't know what the Department of Labor rules are. It's, it's just kind of up in the air. Uh, and so with some of those kind of consultations and building things out, I was able to take a look and see that my paycheck is the same X every two weeks. On the other hand, I got a group in Florida. This not a group in Florida. I was in Virginia at the time. So it's it's little little pockets the seven cities area is if anybody knows the virginia newport news mm -hmm. suffolk there are you know six seven little cities in this small area and so you go to a bni presentation or a chamber presentation or something like that you go do a presentation you'll have four or five people from other little areas or smaller cities like hey can you come talk to our church Hey, can you come talk to our group? Can you come do an analysis with us? Me and my wife want to sit down. We're thinking about starting a business. So it really got to that when I was turning stuff down. Yeah. And then I'm looking right. at the numbers like, you know, I'm I was coaching basketball. Um, um, I'm at the school 530. I'm not leaving till you know, six something. So it was a lot of, I can't do it in the evening. I can just do it on the weekend. I may be able, you know, we had games like, Tuesdays and Thursdays kind of uh and so yeah it was one of those things I'm, I'm able to kind of see you know it's it's about five or six grand that I'm just saying no okay. to yeah yeah and once once I kind of had that full second month of like it's it's been a lot of no's it's been a lot of you know I don't have the time for that right now right. I gotta make the time you know then I'm, I'm looking at my own situation I'm helping individuals with their financials and, and kind of how they can increase their own net worth. And then I'm sitting looking at my own net worth, like yeah. from what yeah. I'm making, what I'm able to save ain't enough. Right. Yeah. So exactly. I need to, you know, double, if not triple what I'm making, really, I need to save and invest hell my old teacher salary. Right. You know what I mean? To be honest, I needed to be basically saving and investing nearly the entirety of what I was making. So, that's that's crazy. Go ahead, Alicia. So that's I, I hope I'm not. I might be taking us into questions. I know you still have a lot more to share, but I think oh no, we can definitely get into questions because Micah, this is <laughs> <laughs> well. I, I love the story, and and I think what you're heading into is a question that a lot of people tend to have when they have small businesses, mm -hmm. uh, but still working full time, or if you want to call it a side mm -hmm. hustle, whatever. So we know we've, we've had tons of guests and, you know, of people who are kind of like, you know, at some particular point, you know, mm -hmm. I, I knew that it was time to transition this thing completely. Yeah. But from a number standpoint, what does that look like? Is there some type of formula of obviously you would want to make your current salary your full time, but is there something else or is that not it? Yeah, uh, it's a couple of I'll give you the the kind of advisor answer and, and which is which is there are there are tons of different ways really to kind of skin a cat so we can kind of go through the first what are your expenses like just knowing how much you gotta make yeah. so with uh, you got kids you got you got the house you got Budget. groceries you got kind of looking at that baseline what is that kind of floating above water and then we got to add to that because, man, the stress of that alone is just too much. If if we got to make four thousand a month or we got to make three thousand a month to float to just just to be OK. And we hit three thousand seventy dollars. That's too much stress. Yeah. You know, that's too much stress. So it's one of those things where we need to kind of also create a little buffer on top of that. Almost like a uh, like I a call it the what if I'm wrong cushion. That yeah. you know, what I'm saying I need to I need to bring in we'll say five thousand dollars. I need to bring in five thousand dollars to be able to sleep yeah. decently through the night. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And so if I'm saying to myself I need to make five thousand, then I probably need to add about another twenty to twenty five percent cushion. One, cause just life is real. So while I got my little list of five thousand dollars and these little things, I'm not thinking about. 
uh, you know, my wife's car's rear window going out. That's not factored in my 5,000. You know what I mean? So making sure I have a little a little cushion or a buffer there. Um, a lot of individuals like the three months of expenses or six months of expenses, that sort of thing. I'm not 100% against that. If you can stack up money that way, do it. You know what I mean? If you, if you can stack up money to, hey, you got six months just in case the first four or five months are just terrible. Right. Then you got six months there to pull from. However, the, the one caveat to that is I notice a lot of individuals, they allow that time frame to kind of hamper their action. And so instead of diving in and getting to the money, they're in there, you know, I'm gonna start it. I'm gonna start. I just gotta save a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I gotta save a little bit more cushion. Yeah. Exactly. And you talk to them four years later, and it's like, oh, boy, I'm ready to start now. And once <laughs> right. I save about 1,500 more, it's on. Right. So right. It's, it's one right. of those things that, I, man, I mean, and especially from, from, from sitting in that, in that seat and being a counter and dealing with business owners, there are just as many that had several thousand stacked up and they dove in and it worked out. Mm -hmm. As had 7,000 stacked, several thousand stacked up and they dove in and it went terrible. They, they didn't get a client. They burned through all the money. Uh, yeah. And it's just the same for individuals that they didn't have all that money stacked up. They looked at it like, yo, I got to get $3,200 this month in sales. I just got to get it. Yeah. Right. You know it's what I mean? And truly, fire. It's a little oh, yes, sir. Urgency. Yes, sir. It's a yes, sir. That, that, yeah. It's one of those that, and I think to a degree, a mix of both is probably the healthiest. Not necessarily doing that. I got to save for three years before I start my business. Cause that's, that's creating a huge, uh, uh, crutch that you got to kind of get over yeah. that, that, that time, that amount. And a lot but of things can change. You want to have some cash reserves. So yeah. you don't want to be in a situation where either cash flow is good and profit is terrible. You know what I mean? Or we're making a lot of profit. I'm selling something that's $800. It only costs me $100 to make. I'm making $700 profit, but I just sell two of them. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, right. I'm making a lot of profit, but there's no real money coming in. Or the individuals that, it's a lot of cash flow. I sell 10 on Monday. I sell 20 on Thursday. I sell 10 the next week. How much you making? Really don't know. How much, <laughs> how much exactly. is you spending? I really don't know. Yeah. So being able to take that step away, the first part is, man, knowing your numbers. When you know, hey, 3, 000, it takes 3,000 to get it done. And man, we are creative, period. I mean, we're creative. So if we need 3,000, we may have the side hustle as part of it. We may have the main job as part of it. I'm a fan of if you have a service and you've kind of done it successfully to a degree, there most definitely is somebody else then that you could probably sell your how-to to, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, sense. Not to, and I mean, there are accounts that do it where there are individuals that say, you know, you started off a staff accountant, you made it up to controller, now you started your own business. Is tons of other accountants out there that want to do the same thing. They hate their job. Yeah. They dream about running over their boss and they want to leave as soon as possible. I know that sounds crazy, but if accountants <laughs> listen to this, they're just nodding like, yeah, I do. No, it happens. And a, and a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people yeah. do that nowadays. I see, yeah. you know, what whatever, whatever, you know, area you're in. Um, if you're in real estate investing, trade, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of Stock trading, everybody. Exactly. I'm gonna teach individuals how to yeah, do it. Put together courses, e-courses, exactly. all that. I'm gonna teach mm -hmm. people how to do it. And so I know a lot of people are using that like an additional revenue stream. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. But knowing those core numbers, are it's 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 easy to walk away. It's, it really is. It's easy to walk away when you know exactly how much you need, and you know exactly how much you're bringing in. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so we what, have so, been doing some assessment. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So how do how do you how do we combat that? So I know a lot of 
maybe small business owners don't mm -hmm. have a good grasp on all the expenses. And mm -hmm. like you said, you asked the question, okay, you got all this cash flow, but you know, what were your expenses? How much are you really profiting? Mm -hmm. And they don't really know that. Yeah. So how do they, how do they combat that? Are there, is there okay. information they can use? Are there strategies? Uh, it's a couple of different things, man. It's, it's none of it really is, is that sexy, uh, but it's not like the, the cool hot tips, but in a serious sense. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, but man, embracing some form of either bookkeeping, accounting, or records management software. I know some people are saying, man, QuickBooks is too much, is, is complicated. I did I started my business to sell hats or uh, fix HVAC units or put in braids. I didn't start it to be an accountant. And accountants get that. Because really, if, if and I'm, I'm in a couple of different groups with accountants, but if you bring up any accounting question to a group of accountants, man, you get as many different answers as there are accountants there, you know what I mean? Some love QuickBooks, some hate QuickBooks. Uh, but using some type of software, some type of, and I say software because a lot of times people will hear records management, track your expenses, and they'll think, shoebox and receipts, boy. Stop, and I was just about to stop you right there. So, and, and just for people, just for people listening that maybe don't know what QuickBooks is or yeah, software okay, yeah. like QuickBooks, kind of tell what does QuickBooks do? Like, what can yeah, they yeah. do for you? Uh, QuickBooks is an accounting software, so it will allow you to keep track of your income and expenses. Where now it's expanded to taxes and mileage and that sort of thing as well. But it'll allow you to keep track of those income and, and expenses, as well as allowing you to accurately and correctly categorize. So it's income from your sources, it's expenses uh, that are accurately categorized. So if somebody's going in and you're, if, if it's your own business and you're, let's say you're a restaurant, uh, you hot wings. <laughs> We can look at our income and see how much we made, but just how much did we spend just actually buying the wings? Because okay. for some businesses, some are going to a secondary party and they're buying wings in bulk. Mm -hmm. Some, they're just walking up in Kroger's and they're just getting $200 worth of wings. They're taking it back to the restaurant and they go fry them. I mean, we go pull out, we're going to make it happen. Right. But the thing is, once we start getting in it in, at that, how do we increase our margins? We got to know what our margins are first. And mm -hmm. so to do that, let's look at how we can keep track of our expenses, how we can source them so we know where the money's coming from, how much we're getting from credit cards, how much we're getting from cash. The second part to that is a lot of business owners don't know that some of these things are reported to the IRS. So like 1099Ks, those are reports from... Uh, Secondary agencies like credit, uh, credit cards, PayPal, Stripe, those sort of things. A lot of us use those in our business. Mm -hmm. A lot of us don't realize that they create forms and they send that to the federal government. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> some people, hey, yeah, some people, some people, just a lot of people don't know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know that they do that. Uh, and it's something that. Now, with so many things being electronic, they'll never mail it to your house. You may not even get an email where they let you know that it's created. You almost have to go in and search for it and kind of find and look for it yourself. But they create that. And so there are situations where some people may not even know that they had as much income. And, you know, they're thinking often in business, we think not how much we made, how much we have. Mm -hmm. So we may have made forty, fifty thousand dollars. We spent forty thousand dollars. We think, hey, I only got ten thousand. I only get, or how much is in our bank account? You know, where our profit might have been ten thousand. We go to that bank account. We got eight hundred ninety-one dollars. <laughs> what happened to <laughs> you know that other nine thousand? So we like one. I didn't make fifty thousand. I, I I don't have ten thousand in profit. I just got eight hundred ninety-one dollars not realizing that that it man the, the, those 
monthly amounts on that 1099k. The federal government is seeing that. Uh, and so that's just unnecessary fines and penalties. Uh, and that, that's just kind of one little small part of it. But yeah, those things are, are reported. Here's my follow-up question. I mean, you essentially answered it. My first question was going to be about, yeah. you know, when you're starting out um, mm -hmm. with a small business, hustle or whatever, um, I hate to say it because it's a negative connotation, but a lot of people start out being paid under the table, so to speak, right? So, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was my question. I really did not, I did not know about like mm -hmm. through like Cash App and Zelle and Web. Well, yeah, I don't, I I don't think to date the cash app creates 1099 Ks, but I know the a lot of the PayPal and Stripes and those, they most definitely do. Yeah. They most definitely So what's the like what are there any like unspoken rules of, about that? You know, so like if if somebody pays me to write something and they give me a thousand dollars. Um, but then I also have to your point, uh, if it's from a publishing house or whatever i'll get a 1099 around tax oh yeah they most definitely go 10 because <laughs> that's yeah. the thing for, get 1099. for so can you also explain yeah. it kind of like the different types of forms that if you haven't received them what you should expect because the first time i got a 1099 i was like what's yeah what, what, what in the world is this there's exactly. a certain, uh, dollar exactly. amount you know i think it what is it if it's over six hundred dollars yeah it's over six hundred dollars yeah yeah if it's over six hundred dollars uh, you'll be issued a 1099. Well, I'll say you should be issued a 1099. It doesn't always happen. Uh, but for a lot of the businesses that are filing that just in case Uncle Sam ever calls them up and says, hey, on your on your schedule, see your profit and loss, your tax return. You stated that you paid contractors twenty one thousand dollars last year. We want to see proof of that. Mm hmm. So, the, you know what I mean? So they'll want to see records. They'll want to see those 1099s. Um, a lot of times we end up when, when we do the under the table thing, uh, and I understand why it happens, but sometimes the issue that we get into is like, it's, it's never been more evident than probably the past about year and a half with, all of the stimulus money and PPP and money for business, how important documentation is. Sure. Uh, yeah, because they, they base that money primarily on either whether you had initially, whether you had net income in a business. Um, if you're a corporation, you know, what that was was something entirely different. But for individuals that were independent contractors, if you got just the 1099, then that made you eligible. Uh, but for individuals that didn't get a 1099, it's no proof mm -hmm. that you got anything. So, I mean, if you you may have gotten four or five, seven, eight thousand dollars from a business, but they gave you a couple of hundred dollars here, they're under the table. There's no way really to prove that to a bank or a lending institution that, you know, hey, I did make this money. So that's kind of the downside of it. Uh, it does skirt taxes. But on the other end of that you don't get any of the benefits, meaning, okay, you had a year of under the table money for your business, but now you're ready to get a location. And so now we got to sign a lease. Okay. How are we showing? We got no nothing. We got, now we got, we got money in our pocket. Yeah. But if there is a situation where, you know, that's great, but hey, we got to cover our back. We want to see some type of paper trail. Where is it? Where is the, where are the, the mm -hmm. bank accounts? Where are just an Excel spreadsheet that just shows how much is coming in and how much is going out. We often won't have any of that when we're dealing kind of under the table. Mm -hmm. And so kind of that base, I know I brought up QuickBooks, but this is for individuals that, you're intimidated by the idea of accounting. You don't even have to look at look at accounting software to start. Really just kind of look at, get QuickBooks and keep track of when you spent money, when you made money. And virtually any bookkeeper can be able to use that and actually help you create financial statements that let you know, 
how much you made a month, how much you spent a month, and then kind of those categories that you spent the most in, spent the least in, those sorts of things. So you can use just just basic Excel. Yeah. Excel is better than just trying to remember. You know what I mean? Because it's one of those things. You sit people down and say, okay, what did you have for dinner a month ago today? No idea. No, no it's clue. So you start talking about how many business lunches did you have a yeah. year ago in January? Mm-hmm. And how much you got, no, I mean, it's just uh, $300. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that's how, that's one of those red flag things, though. It's, I'm, I'm dropping gems, but those rounded $400, $500, $600, $900 that people put on a tax return, that, that looks made up. You know what I mean? If I if I, I, I pass them, if I, if I grab some and just pass them out just to us, if we just sat down, like okay, we got one pile that that says you know meals and entertainment nine hundred twenty nine dollars and seventy cents, and we got another pile that says meals and entertainment two thousand dollars. Yeah, which one is close? How you gonna get? Yeah, what? Which one is why? Why? Why are you gonna ever oh, have? I'm, I'm I'm, I'm guilty it is that. not based on one being more than the other. It's just that's one of those red flag things. Because how about if we go to a restaurant three times and we add that amount up, what's our chances of that amount just being just a flat two hundred dollars? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a slim chance, especially when you look through and everything is that way. That's usually people trying to remember how much they spent on something. Right. So, so this, you go through this and you look at into another question though. Um, mm-hmm. So as we talk about like trying to guess and blah blah blah, like at uh-huh. what point should you just invest in somebody else doing your taxes? When is the time to let TurboTax go? When is the time to let, um when it's too complicated for you? When and I know some individuals when you sat down in front of TurboTax and you started and you put some stuff in and it asks you some questions and it's like, yeah, I don't know. And you close and go do something else. And then a couple of days they later, you come back to it. Because you stuck. And exactly. You keep, or exactly. It's the issue. It's a problem. It's giving you one of those prompts and you got to fix something. And you don't even know what it is you, you actually got to fix. You just like, what, what page do I go to where I can click something where it'll let me file my return? Please, please don't right. show me the real text form. I do not want to see the skills. Exactly, exactly. So it's one of those. For me. I think once your situation is more complicated than you can deal with or you understand, where it's like, I mean, I bought a house, I bought a townhouse, uh, rented it out, that whole little thing. Uh, and so for me, I kind of understood I wasn't a contractor. Man, I would walk in some of these properties and it would look like, you know, oh, man, I wish my wife was here. Because, man, we looked at one property. It looked like somebody literally had killed animals in it. Two stories. It looked like, I mean, it was, dude, the smell, everything was just crazy. The contractor, he's walking in that joint like, oh, man, this is perfect. This is, you know what I mean? This is exactly what I want to see. It's terrible. I'm looking at it like, I'm not walking in that room, bro. Right. You can, right. I mean, right. it's like blood on the carpet, kind of, I mean, crazy situation. That's but for crazy. him, they that was everything. They sacrificing for, cows and there. Man, <laughs> for accounting, it's the same way. So, I mean, if you have a situation where you're buying and selling a lot of stocks and investments, you've got properties, you've got multiple jobs and multiple side hustles, you got a couple of Schedule C's, you one of these people, you got four or five LLCs, some of them made money, some of them didn't. For the person, that may be complicated. You know what I mean? But for an accountant, that's that's they all every day. That's that's part for the court. Exactly, that's all every day. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if somebody's like, you know, I got QuickBooks, you know, I got it a year ago, but really I only put like a month or two of things in it and then I hadn't touched it. Right. We like, oh. Yes, sir. All you got to do, we got okay. We go hook your bank account up. We go hook your credit card account up. We may have to go back and clean up some things, and they just looking at us like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing right. none of it. Right. So you just me- do all of it. So it's really, if you've come to an air, if you've come to a point where you're having to Google stuff to understand it, 
Yeah, it was like, reach out to a professional. You know what I mean? Hire somebody. Yeah, it's just like your health. If you wake up and it's like, ooh, I got a chest pain, let me Google it. Nah, I don't. Yeah. Don't go to the go doctor. To go yeah. to the doctor. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Go to a professional. Go to somebody that actually understands. Let me uh, let me ask you something in the situation. You like, I got unemployment. I got. If you don't understand, go to somebody that understands. Let me get it. Let me ask this question. So people don't really realize. I know I didn't. I won't say yeah. people. maybe people do realize. Maybe I was just people is me. You know, I was just late. <laughs> but yeah. so not 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 really, you know, having the proper accounting mm-hmm. um, and, and having your you, you mentioned like find your financial statement and all that. Mm-hmm. Not having this stuff can really hurt you, especially if you're trying to grow your business. Oh, absolutely. I know. Yeah, I know I went to some banks trying to get like business, like lines of credit and things like mm-hmm. that. And they were asking me all this stuff. Okay. Where's your financial statement? Where's mm-hmm. this? Where's that? Cause they're not going to give you that. They just yeah, ain't yeah, they not. money. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah, you might have, you know, you may have legitimate business and mm-hmm. everything, but if you don't have that accounting in order, mm-hmm. then they're not going to take that risk. In their mind, they're like, no, this is too risky. We can't, exactly. we can't give them it's like, you know, this money. Financial statements really are like the language of business, man. Like, say, if we were talking about sports and we're talking about basketball, it's points per game, how much do they score, what do they do in transition. It's a certain language to it. If we're talking football, home design, whatever, it's cooking. I don't mind. Eat good. I'm, I'm getting there with the cooking. But I didn't realize, like, how much – language there is with it and the terminology and all it's the same thing so that kind of language with business if you're going to get legit money three years financial statements go with one of the things you go here over and over again you go here year to date first because they just want to see what's going on right now year to date financial statements they're going to want to see profit and loss sometimes they'll want to see a balance sheet the balance sheet really is just kind of what you owe, what are your liabilities? What, how do, literally, how do things balance out there? What are your assets, what are your liabilities? What does it look like? Uh, the, the financial statement that's kind of that, more, that profit and loss statement though, is that that's the one you're gonna, I don't say not, not, that's the one you'll need to familiarize yourself with. That's that one to kind of understand the numbers there. So it's not just numbers on paper, but where you can read it and be able to say, okay, if I've got the last three years of my financial statements in front of me, I know if my company's trending in the right direction or not based on where my income is going, where my expenses are going, where my profit is going. That helps us then be able to say, is my business an investable opportunity? That's one of those things that when a business needs money, we don't need to think about it like we want it or we need it, okay? Yes, we do want it and need it, but it's one of those, we want this individual's money, how do we get it? We're not gonna get it from sitting on the other side of the table saying, man, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. How do we sell them on giving it to them? You have to sell it. Exactly, they wanna invest in an opportunity, one, where they know they're gonna get their money back. Right. So this kind of idea of my business could make all this money, that's great, that's great. Because everybody kind of has the, I want a six-figure business. I want a seven-figure business. I want an eight-figure business. That's excellent talk. But what they want to see is, is that if you, if I give you $8,700, are you going to be able to pay me back every month? Right. And really, how are they going to be able to see that? They're going to need to see how much you're making every month. They're going to probably need, you know what I mean? They're going to need those things. Sometimes banks... They want to see profit and loss statements. They want to see, they may want to see cash flow statements. Uh, and a lot of times, small business cash flow statements, goodness gracious, what in the world is it? Because it's something that we don't really get the, the, the whole of it. And it's not too many places to go to get the whole picture. Sometimes the whole picture is a little overwhelming when you look at everything. Uh, and so kind of what we try to do is break it down in as bite-sized pieces as possible. Early on for business owners, it seems like it's a little slow because the first thing is the least sexy thing. Like the first thing really is the bookkeeping and the, the, the bookkeeping and accounting. Everybody wants to get to the 
how can I go and sit in front of an investor and have them give me $500,000? That's right. kind of the, you know what I mean? But in, in, in complete honesty, that's a byproduct of having the numbers right, being profitable, right. being exactly. able to cover that debt. And so we're able to give them all of those things and they're able to check them all off and say, okay, here, this, this is where we'll, here's the money. Right. And so that's yeah, what so you it's do. Really a byproduct instead of the goal, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to me, so who's ever listening, you just call, you just call Jarrell. <laughs> you, you ready to grow your business. You ain't got a clue. You ain't got a clue how to walk in their bank and, and get them all the information that they're going to be asking for. Oh, just call him first and he and get absolutely. it all in order. Absolutely. And then you can go absolutely. in there with a plan and you, you yeah. walk out with some money. Yeah, yeah. Because we'll have, man, you call me first, I'll let you know right off the bat, they're going to want to see three years' taxes. They're yeah. going to make you fill out something called a 5405 50, t That's like an authorization for them to, to, to get your tax returns, for you to release your tax return to the bank. So they kind of going in there and, you know, just saying, well, I made 120. They're going to want to see that in their tax return. Right. Uh, they're going to want to see bank statements. They're going to want to see, I mean, there are things that they're depending on what it is you want to do. If it's just credit line, it's a little bit less. Uh, if you're trying to purchase commercial real estate, they want to see a little bit more. If you're trying to buy a whole nother business, which is one of those, I know it's 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 not the, the main thing here, but it is, I think, that to have in the back of your mind, you got your, you got your side hustle. It's making you money. That dream is once my side hustle gets to either, you know, as much as I'm making or more, I want to step away from it and do the side hustle. Think about it, though, in a how can I build this side hustle so I can sell it? Even if you don't sell it, even if you never sell it, even if you never sell it, that helps you create the structure around it. It makes running the business easier. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if, if it's my business, is my side hustle, and I'm doing it like it's all me, then I'm running everything, I'm making all the decisions, I'm building the website, I'm doing the design, I'm doing my own taxes, I'm doing I'm doing everything. Right. And so that one, that's really, really tough to sell because I'm the whole business. It's not what am I selling? Unless I'm selling myself with it, the individual really doesn't have a business. Right. Right. But right. if if I build it up to the point where okay, I'm making a little bit of money from it now, let me outsource and have somebody that's really good at creating ads to create some ads for me, where I'm not sitting here wasting two or three thousand dollars over a year building ads and making ads and having no clue what I'm doing and just wasting money. Let me actually get this. It's one of those things that and and I got a client and I know I can hear a saying this in the back of my mind, like you want to make more money, you do have to invest it. You have to spend it. But I would say calculated and smart. Often we start a business and it's instantly, what stuff can we buy for it? How can we start spending money in the business? I would say the first thing we need to do, let's let's test this thing out. Let's see if it's got some legs. Let's see if we can make some money. So before you even drop all of this money in the hat and paying, you know, a coach, five thousand dollars to help you scale how about we just get a little you know 150 dollar click funnels page yep build it up try to sell your idea boost you know a 150 dollar ad on facebook right and see if anybody actually you would get buy. some traction yeah exactly you got an email list okay. of 100 200 people send that ad out to them in an email does anybody click it does anybody open does a single person buy Cause I know sometimes in our mind, we get passionate about our thing and we think the passion in and of itself is going to turn into sales. And if that was the case, man, all of us would be rich. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, that's not, I mean, some of, sometimes man, I've met individuals that the, the first they loved, they love, they love, they love, they love, they love hair. You know what I mean? I've met someone, they love doing hair. They loved right. it. And that was their thing. And then a little while went into it, man, and their hands, their fingers, they weren't able to braid as fast anymore. And so they kind of lost that passion for it. But they realized that they understand the business. 
And so they just were able to pivot. Now they're leasing out of space and they're giving other stylists an opportunity. So while their passion changed, they were able to jump in another profit stream. It was able to make money for them. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes the passion just doesn't make money. It's not an issue of anything on our end. Sometimes it just doesn't, man, it doesn't work out. Yeah, it just don't work out. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work out. And it's one of those things I think, and anybody hearing this or whatever, it's tough for us not to take it personal because it's us, you know what I mean? So we kind of take that failure and it's not, you know, I kind of learned and understand and I'm gonna be able to 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 attribute this to the next step. It's right. I didn't do it, I wasn't able to make it, something was wrong with me. I hop on social media and it looked like everybody else is rich. Right. You know what I mean? So everybody, you know, we 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 rarely ever kind of ever share those struggles. The struggles. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. It's just you yeah. know everybody hey, got them. I'm best sure, life. Sure. Everybody's got those. Everybody exactly, got those. Exactly. Oh, most definitely. I mean, man, it take it takes years for these overnight celebrities. Is exactly. I think we <laughs> we've talked yeah. we've talked about that many times on previous I episodes. Yeah. So yeah. I I wanna um so I wanna ask you this, man, and and we definitely appreciate all the info you've shared. I mean, a lot of good, a lot of good <laughs> yeah. nuggets in here. Um, definitely about QuickBooks and make sure your accounting is in order. Mm-hmm. Um, your taxes now that the comment you made about um, the 1099 and the um, like PayPal and Stripe and how that stuff is getting sent to the federal yeah federal mm-hmm. government like <laughs> I know people yeah, I know people know. Are gonna appreciate all of this information yeah but before we before we kind of wrap this thing up man I wanna I just wanna ask you just if you can give one one tip to you know, a small business owner, whether it's someone with a nine to five and just has Mm -hmm. the business on the side or whether they're transitioning full time, just, just one, just one piece of advice for them. Yeah. What would it be? Uh, Find your audience. I would say that actually would be even, even in accounting. I mean, you can make some money mistakes and you can recover from that. You know what I mean? You can make some some pricing mistakes and you can recover that. You can make some marketing mistakes and you can recover from that. But if you're spending your time, energy, blood, sweat, and tears trying to sell your service or product to the wrong audience, it's skating uphill, man. It's, it's killing you. It's killing you. Uh, I mean, we've done some things where, man, early on we were like, man, could we charge $100 for that? And we had an audience that we were talking to at the hundred dollar mark and we were getting absolutely no traction and we thought it was us we thought it was what we were doing we thought it was the message we thought it was the service and we just made a small switch from who we were sharing the information to we didn't change the information a lick we just switched who we were giving the information to and they're coming back to us with why is it just a hundred dollars yeah right why you is that so it's, right it's, that's all yeah yeah it's, it's, it's man audience more than man i see people they'll have an issue they have a problem they'll go back to the drawing board they'll throw everything away i need to do more branding i need to change my colors i need to hire a copywriter i need to spend all this money and sometimes they're just trying to either talk to everybody or they're trying to talk to the wrong people so kind of take take one step back just ask yourself who can benefit the most that's that's one part of it but then who's willing to pay to benefit? That's the business owner question. Who's willing to pay to benefit? Because if we got to convince them that our hot wings are good, that's that's something different. When they, when you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's that kind of uphill battle. Yeah, uh, there is a market out there where they're like, man, please give me $10 wings right now. And there's another market out there that's saying, man, $10 wings, are you out of your mind? Yeah, I need a dollar wings. Exactly, exactly. Right. So it's, right. there's some club prices. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So it's just kind of, man, know your market, choose your market. I mean, choose your audience. If it's not working, if it's not working, just look at the audience before you start changing everything else. That's major, yeah. man. That is yeah. that is a major piece of yeah. advice. And I'm sure some people listening right now may have done that very thing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they thought it was just what they, how they were presenting it, the information yeah, they were sharing. encouraging, though. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely. And sometimes it's not, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just telling the wrong people. That's how it. How do you find them, though? I mean. That's a good question. Yeah. Question. How do you, how do you make yeah, finding them. individuals? Man, this is, this might be, end up being a whole nother call. Uh, <laughs> but no, finding people, I think, is a mix of positioning yourself so that they can find you, if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and being an educator, I'm, I'm just kind of an educator at heart. I come from a family of educators. And so I'm a fan of teaching. So I look at it like I want to teach my ideal clients or I want to teach my kind of niche group. And so when they're ready to do something, they're able to reach out to me. They already know I exist because they've already kind of gotten guys or gotten a newsletter or had a course or something like that. Uh, so I would say for newbies, they're, they're 100% starting out. I mean, the truth of it is you look at it differently. You look at it a little differently when there's nothing in your pockets. It's, I know the idea is it's easier to say, choose a niche when you have money. But the truth of it is choosing the niche is how you have money. Right. Like if, if I'm trying to sell my t-shirt to everybody, that's yeah. a t- man. It's it's a t- it's a tough one. That's so broad. How do I reach them all? And it could be discouraging because exactly, exactly. Yeah. But if it's you know, I'm I'm trying to sell this shirt to, you know, it's a shirt with a picture of a, a woman and a little girl on it. I'm trying to sell it to mothers or grandmothers. Or now, now, okay, if it's just grandmothers, now it's a little bit easier. Where do grandmothers go? What do they read? What do they watch? Can it, can it can I send it to them on a postcard? Can I do EDDM mail to certain zip codes? Can I do an ad? What kind of social media are Who am I trying to reach? Who is my audience? And then what is it that they already do? Where is it that they already go? Where, where are some of the, you know what I mean? Where are some of the places they're already doing things? And then getting my information or ideas in front of them that way. So I'm not necessarily chasing them as much. Um, You're just putting yourself in the space. You're putting yeah, yourself in those yeah, spaces. In space where, where they where can, really they I'll can position see myself where you are. Instead of that prospecting. Because I've been in the sales thing. I started doing sales job when I was 15, 16 years old. So I did the, you know, sitting with the phone book in front of you and just do, 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 do. Yeah. You want to buy this? Right. No? Okay, thank you. Cold call. You, you know what Cold I mean? Cold through that. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And I mean, if you're starting out, you got no money, you got nothing, uh, you got no market, you got any of that, you almost have to do some of that to make money. Now, you can do it in a little bit better way, meaning sometimes the going door to door, you're killing your ego, you're killing your self-esteem, and you're hurting sales because it doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, everybody that you go to now, they may not need it. But you may just need to change that door to door. You know what I mean? Maybe it needs to be in another area. Maybe you want to go door to door with small businesses. Maybe you want to go door to door with certain types of small businesses. You know what I mean? I know there's certain small businesses you try to walk in. That person is going to hit you at the front. When you first walk in, no soliciting. We don't do that. No. It's certain places, though, that you could walk in and they don't get any solicitation. They don't have any walk in. So it's, I mean, that primary craft to know is really who is your audience? Who is your niche? What do they do? What's their, uh, how do they talk? What is that kind of, what's their lingo? And then kind of fitting your discussion into that to that audience. Yeah, yeah, fitting it for them. So, I mean, if it's something where you know that you've been selling something for a little while, you go back and you look at your clients and they're, in a certain age range, they're in a certain group range, they got multiple kids, they may, I mean, it's, I got a client that's a financial advisor, he polled his clients and his, the, the clients that make him the most money are avid travelers and avid golfers. Okay, yeah. So for him, he's able to say, okay, if I want to increase the amount, the people that's making me the most money, that's where you need to golfers and travelers. So who do I want to talk, who do I want to speak to? golfers and travelers and so when he starts positioning his stuff now it's not about the dow it's not about you know being up three points or down four points it's none of that stuff now it's just 
individuals who enjoy golf. They want to be on the links. They want to know that their money is secure. They're not worrying about it being up three or four points. They're worrying about losing it. And so him understanding that after polling them now, he can talk directly to them in a way that somebody else sitting on the outside looking in is just like, man, I want to get it. I'm going to try to sell to everybody. Right. That that's 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 yeah, that's beautiful, man. That's a that's a absolutely tremendous piece of advice. I know a lot of people well will definitely get value out of that, man. Man, this has been this has been awesome, bro. We've been joining you for having me. Before we before we uh before we sign off, man, we wanna definitely let you share um you know where people can find you. Okay, yeah. Uh, you wanna reach out you know, website, uh, social media, everything like that. Okay. Yeah. Reach out. Uh, you guys can, uh, on Facebook, uh, Jarrell genius, J O R E L J E N I O U S, uh, website, uh, meridian FM.net. That's for meridian financial www.meridianfm.net. Man, I'm still, I, I, I gotta get, I gotta get in back in with, with, with Instagram and all of that. Uh, but that's that's the two primary. And then email J Genius, uh, J J E N I O U S at meridianfm.net. So you can email me, uh, Facebook. Uh, good, good to go. Awesome, man. Thank you awesome, so man. much. Make sure you subscribe to the pod on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media at Main Side Hustle. Thanks for listening, man.